It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Lincoln Shrike. And on today's episode, we have a special guest, two-time world champion and owner of the second fastest time in history in the 400-meter hurdles. He also owns what I think is the best pre-race intro in track and field right now. It's Carson Warholm. Carson, thank you for coming on. How are you doing? It's nice to be so much. I'm doing, I'm doing good. Just some off-season training, if you want to call it that. So, yeah, I'm good. Life is smiling. And you guys are good as well? We we are doing great. And, of course, we, we appreciate the fact that you gave us so much to talk about in an unconventional season where there weren't many meets. And certainly the meets were much different than we thought. Now that you've had a little bit of time to reflect on the year, what did you think of your 2020 season? Um, I'm actually very happy about that. Um, it was a very special year because it started with me and my coach deciding to do a, a documentary film. Um, and just after that, I got injured. I got a, a stress reaction in my in my right uh, leg. Um, and then it was like getting myself up and running till the impossible games. And yeah, and then we realized there are going to be more meets and I got a place. I got I got a 400 meter hurdles going in in Monaco with with uh, with the uh, meet organizers there and yeah it just just got better and better so I'm really happy that I even got a season and uh, I'm also really happy that I yeah could actually have some progress this year as well you know now I have PB'd Paro I think so so it's cool to have that documented and 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 to give me that gives me some bragging rights I think. <laughs> when did you get that stress reaction and how long did it take for you to bounce back and fully heal from that Oof. um you know i got it when did i get it i think it was it was in april but i don't remember the, the exact date but uh yeah it sucked um and um it was it was really difficult because you can't put a lot of weight on it so i was running you know, these curved treadmills, these curved treadmills. 
I was running on that and I was just like hanging to, to release weight. And I was just like <laughs> keeping my legs uh, moving. So I did that for a couple of weeks. And, and after a while I was able to put on, yeah, after six weeks I got on spikes again. And I was actually really fast because, you know, I trained very hard. So when I didn't, when I couldn't train that hard, you know, I got a lot of, um, of energy. So it actually gave a lot to my, to my pace. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a very stressful situation, but I feel like we, uh, we, we managed to, to handle it pretty good. So, and the season showed, shows that as well. So yeah, it was tough, but shit happens. <laughs> That's absolutely true. As 2020 has shown, uh, I feel like I don't yeah. remember the exact date, but in April, that seems about the time when the Olympics, the Olympic games in Tokyo got postponed combined with getting that injury. I feel like a lot of athletes would say, okay, the big meet got canceled. I've got an injury. Let's just look towards 2021. Why did you, why were you so focused on competing in 2020 when maybe the incentive, uh, to get out there wasn't as high as it would have been otherwise? So the thinking, you know, I'm not that good in mathematics, but I was thinking, okay, if you're, if you're really, really lucky, uh, as an athlete, you get 10 years at a high level. Not many people get 10 years on a high level, but if you do one year is 10% of your career and I don't want to waste 10% of my career. I want to compete as much as I can when, 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 when I have the chance. So that was the reason why, you know, I wanted to get back to competing as fast as I can. And for me, it's like the most important thing is to compete, you know, it's like whatever you do in training doesn't matter as long as you don't get results. And I wanted to show that I was on a high level and, and, and get some results. And also I think it was important for track and field to, to be back and, and to show ourselves just as the other sports did, you know, and it was important to show that it is possible to arrange these meets even though we we live in the world uh, now with 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 the uh, with the coronavirus and everything, so hopefully you know they see that this is possible and it also gives us a chance you know to to have a Olympics next year. You took up the opportunity to compete a lot this year, and you you carried the event in some t instances. You carried the entire meet. They were built around you going for that world <laughs> record, but some of your rivals or both of your rivals, your main rivals in the four meter hurdles, didn't compete this year, Benjamin and Samba. Were you disappointed yeah. at all that you didn't get to race those two guys in what you're saying is is a 10% per, 10 of your career? Now, you know, I, to be fair, I think like probably they they got more shut down by the coronavirus than that than I got. You know, we in Norway, we had, I had two weeks where I had to be creative about where to train and, and otherwise I got to train uh, the same places that I used to. So I got a lot of training in mm -hmm. um, and I don't know how their situation was, but maybe they were, I, I know that America had a long lockdown and, and I don't know about, about Samba, but they probably didn't have the same chance to prepare as I did. Um, so, you know, yes, I miss them, you know, because I love to race against the best and I want to race against the best. So yeah, it, it, you know, I wanted them wanted them to be there, but um, you know, I I have I understand that they chose to to do otherwise as well. So I respect that. How much could having Samba or Benjamin in a race push you to a faster time? We always talk about 
the marathon and obviously it helps to have people around you or the 1500 or even the 100 or the 200. But the hurdles is a different beast, a different animal. There's a lot more to think about. How much does competition in the 400 meter hurdles help for you? You know, I think it it always helps to have somebody there to push you. And that 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 is not only for me. I think it helps both Ryan and Samba as well to have to have me in 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 the next lane as well to push them. You know, we push each other, and I think you know the reason why the four meter hurdles is at such a high level now. Probably you know one of one of the higher ranked events because because of the level that we perform is because you know we push each other and, and nobody ha- has the time to rest because there there is someone chasing you all the time and. Uh, you know, I, I like that. So, of course, it is a factor, but at the same time, you know, I felt like, you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty good to to hype myself and and to get ready for for a race, because you know it means so much to me. You know, I, ha- I have such a huge passion for for what I do. So, my mo- my motivation is there. But of course, I miss to have, you know, my my greatest uh, opponents, and I think also. The fans miss that, you know, because that is the greatest thing about track and field. That is when people go head to head, and 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 you don't know who is going to win. You know, it's that's that's probably one of the coolest thing about our sport. When you opened in Monaco in uh, in August in forty seven ten, in the back of your mind, did you think I can I'm going to break the world record later this season after you opened so quickly? <laughs> Um, no, not at all. You know, I I was I was in good shape at the moment, and and uh, I've done well in training, uh, but had almost forgot how to run. You know, the, the four meter hurdles in competition because it was almost one year since my uh, last competition in the four meter hurdles when when I ran the finals in Doha. So it was special. You know, as you could see, I opened very um, slow compared to what I usually do, and. Uh, it was it was a weird feeling, but after I ran forty seven ten in Monaco, with you know that slow opening, I felt like wow, this this could really be something. And uh, and I got a good race in Stockholm, one half week after, so almost close but no cigar. <laughs> <laughs> and in in Stockholm, the attention was on the time and the fact that you hit that hurdle. And then it was also mentioned, well, Kevin Young hit a hurdle when he broke the record. So yeah. I guess there's some debate. Did that slow you down and prevent you from breaking the record? Or were you going to miss that regardless? It's hard, it's hard to tell, you know. It's it's impossible. But in that race, I didn't break the record. And that, and that is the fact. So for me, it's like to break the world record which is a great record you got to have a perfect race and i didn't have a perfect race so therefore i didn't get get the world record as well but it, it was it was actually a kind of messy race for my part so i feel like you know it was of course the best race of my year but there was a there was a lot of things there to improve and and i felt like if you compare it to berlin which i felt like it was a perfect race but it was slower and that is you know the weird thing about my event you know it's the the races where i where I, you know, do do most do 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 the most trouble. You know, it's it's my fastest races. So I never I never <laughs> I never understand my own event. It's it's weird. It's a fucked up game. <laughs> <laughs> was 
Definitely. Was Berlin the was Berlin the one where you crossed the finish line mm-hmm. and you looked at the clock and you were angry at the clock? It looked like, or confused. I know it was. It was in Ostrava. Yeah. Um, that was because you know at that time I was really closed in on 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 chasing the world record, and I think. <laughs> Also, you know, last year after Zurich, everybody was talking about the world record, and now after Stockholm, everybody was talking about the world record, and and uh, I was starting to think about it as well. And when you do that, you start to run differently, and that is, you know, that is what that is the art. You 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 shouldn't be doing that. You should just be running the way that that you've trained for. And and I got more and more into that rhythm, both in both in Berlin and Rome. But suddenly the season was over, so I didn't have any more meets. <laughs> where do you think 2021 will pick up assuming we get a regular season again so Abdurrahman Samba will be back Rai Benjamin will be back will it pick up where you guys left off in 2019 do you think it might be a little take a little while to get going what do you anticipate about the Olympic year if it if it does take place the way we hope it will um you know, Americans, especially, they are always they're always in great shape when when the Olympic year comes. So, so I think this year will be no different. And they also Samba, a great talent. You know, these guys are are excellent runners, and um, and uh, I'm prepared that they will be at a very high level. And um, you know, it's like I just got to do my thing, and hopefully, I will be able to 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 be somewhere close to their level but uh when it comes to those guys i try to be humble because you know they are really talented and they are great runners you know so i just gotta try to keep up with them <laughs> when you I'm look just at some pressure on them right now <laughs> yeah that's good i mean it makes them it makes the event more more interesting for sure Obviously, us being Americans, we think a lot about Rye Benjamin, and we can get fascinated with his raw foot speed, his flat foot speed. You know, he ran about ten seconds in the hundred this this year. Mm-hmm. What? Why do you think, though, you've been able to have the edge thus far in the matchups between him and you? You have obviously great four hundred meter foot speed as well, but it seems like if it was a just a, a flat 200 meter race he would have the advantage and and therefore it would be closer at this point but it hasn't yet been that why do you think you still have an edge on benjamin um i wouldn't say that that i've ever had uh, an an edge uh, on benjamin because you know um he just went pro and and uh and we've only raced together two times you know so it's nothing um and uh you know he is very fast uh, he's very he's, he's really good so for me I, I don't feel like it's in anybody's uh, favor you know i think it's i think it's going to be really really exciting and um and i and i and i look at him as my equal switching gears a little bit Talking about track and field in in Norway, there's a group, two groups of athletes that are of big focus internationally. It's just you and one group, and then the entire <laughs> Ingebrigtsen family. Do you have a gauge on who is more famous in Norway? Is it is it you, or is it is it possibly Jakob and or the whole Ingebrigtsen family? What's the what's the hierarchy there? 
Oh, oh. Um, this is a tricky path. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, um, I think both me and Jacob, especially, you know, share share a spotlight for track and field in in Norway right now. You know, they are, um, they are of course uh, three persons and all that. But right now, uh, Jacob is uh, is at a really, really, really high level, and uh, and so am I. So you know, I, I think we together have created a a really great momentum. You know, that also keeps you know Norwegian track and field pushing. But you know, it also you also created a footprint in in international track and field, but uh, who is more famous? It's hard to tell. You know, they they've had their TV show going for three years, so yeah, I would probably say maybe Jacob. But uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to to keep keep up. <laughs> Do you watch their show? Um, yeah, I watched some of it actually, and uh, you know, it's it's funny. You know, I I'm a huge fan of sports, and I love to watch how people work and and it's it's especially fascinating to see how many ways there are to perform you know there there is no one way everybody got to find their own way so i i i watch a lot of sport documentaries and and i love to watch how people work and how their mentality is uh, towards their their performances how popular is track in norway can you can you walk down the street and be at peace or will someone recognize you right away um you know it if you go only four or five years back people weren't that interested but in the in the last few years you know they with 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 high performances you know it's it's uh, people are more and more interested so right now you know i get i get a lot of attention and, and people recognize me um uh, so especially when I walk with my coach, actually, because he has this very <laughs> characteristic look. So whenever I'm with him, you know, people recognize me. But uh, and and um, and a lot of other times. But um, I think it's fun, you know. I think it's positive. Everybody has, you know, just nice words to to bring to me, and and people love love to watch uh, watch us. So so it's it's been very popular in Norway the, the last years, and um, and uh, it's one of the most watched. Sporting events are probably the most watched sport right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I think part of that is just the aura that you have, the presence when you're on a track. We have seen that going back a couple of years, but I think it stood out even more this year because even in front of an empty stadium, Carson, you're still slapping your face and screaming and getting fired up before you go. Where did that, where did that start and why do you do that before every race? It's actually fascinating because this thing started at an empty stadium. I train with uh, only girls. Uh, one of my uh, training uh, buddies, Emily, she was running for the hurdles at USC with, with Ry Benjamin actually uh, a couple of years back and now moved back to Oslo. So um, I got to push myself at practice, you know, uh, and, and it's always me versus uh, the stopwatch. So I fired up at practice and you know, always all in. So that's that's when it started at, at practice, you know, me just hitting, slapping my face and, and yelling and getting the adrenaline pumping. And when I look at it on screen, you know, I get get a bit embarrassed, but it gives results. So it's worth it, I think. <laughs> Have you ever slapped yourself too hard? 
one time at practice when I had this test race, you know, I, I, I slapped my chest. <laughs> just like I felt my heart was in rhythm. I was like, now I'm really going to die. But if you're going to die, do something that you love. So I was out with the full pace. <laughs> are, are you as high energy off the track as you are when you're about to compete? Like, are you an excited person all the time? Absolutely not. Um, so <laughs> I think I have my switch is very good. You know, I can be very relaxed and I can be very energetic, but I have to step back and, and, and relax a bit. So I watch a lot of TV. I build a lot of Legos and just spending time with myself so that I have the energy when I, when I go to go to the track to train or to perform. You said Le Legos? I leave all my energy on, on the track. Yeah. I yeah. do Legos. Mm -hmm. a lot of you and things. my son would get along real well. Um, he's five, but so, yeah. Legos are cool. I like Legos. Yeah, I but, like but I, I'm five as well. <laughs> In my head. So, all my price money I use on Legos. No, that's oh, wow. smart investment. Smart investment. I uh, think so too, I, I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thinking back to your world title in in London, your first one, you put on the the Viking helmet, and maybe you did in 2019. I, I missed it. I have to ask how many how many Viking uh, the the Viking with the horn helmets do you own? If if you own any, so I actually I gave one to my coach, and one we donated for charity. We actually raised a lot of money on on that helmet. Actually, that was the helmet from London 2017. Um, so I gave away all my helmets, so I don't have any. Oh, all I, all I got was this cap. <laughs> where, where do you keep your medals? It's in my hometown, um, in, in the Western part of Norway. I live in Oslo. So, uh, my family, they, they, they built me, uh, uh, a, a room for my, for my medals. So. When I go back home, I can look at them. But otherwise, you know, in my apartment, it's it's no medals because you know I wanna I wanna still be hungry. So I don't. I just tend to pretend that I don't have anything. <laughs> so I gotta go out and get get me get me more. What's what's motivating you more now? Is it another gold medal to add to your collection, or is it the world record? Um. My main motivation is actually to be even better. You know, we always think about uh, development and to be and to be even better. And that is actually the the um, the focus that we've had ever since I started training with life. We've always talked about becoming better. And this year, the with the coronavirus, it's been even better because it's not been about medals this year. It's been about proving yourself to yourself um and um that is that that would still be my motivation and i remember back when when i got beaten by both rai and uh, and samba in 2018 it was actually my best year given the the development you know i ran mm -hmm. 48 22 in 2017 and i ran 47 64 in 2018 but still got beaten so every year i tried to become just a little bit better. And that is always my, my goal. 
what's the next thing you need to work on to get better? Because from the outside perspective, I mean, you run so aggressively. There's very few errors that we can see. That's why the the stumble on the last hurdle stood out so much is because we just don't see mm. you do that very much. Where where can you pick up a little bit of time? So I believe in consistency. I think I think that is probably the key to to any performance. And, and actually, that that I learned I learned that from my coach, but. I can also see that in in middle distance, a lot of you know they like to go for for a, for a jog, for example. You know they they always they always you know train their engine. I think I think that counts for uh, for everyone. And 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 for me, it's like to get another year with high quality training is what I need, um, and build brick by brick. Uh, that is that is what I believe in. But I worked a lot of a lot on my fitness level, uh, yeah. as you can see. You know, I, I'm I'm a better finisher now than I was just one or two years ago, and and I try to become even better uh, at everything. And and in my event, it's it's the balance between high fitness level and speed, and that is probably the uh, the most the most difficult balance to to keep. I think. What are you thinking about when? the gun is raised right before a race. Are you thinking I need to have this many steps between this hurdle or are you able to clear your mind? I just, because the 400 hurdles is so technical, it would seem that it could be tempting to really be like honed in on, on technique before you, before the gun. Um, I feel like I've done everything that I can in practice. So now it's just, to, to perform so I don't I don't think a lot about the the technical things it's more like I'm thinking now is my time to to show everything that I worked for and and um, and everything is autopilot when, when you train for it you know it's, it's 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 in you so I just I just tend to get fired up and, and tell myself that you know it's just 40 plus seconds of pain and you can handle it. So let's go. <laughs> How fast do you think? Sometimes, is possible you, you, sometimes you hit the hurdle. And that, that, yeah, <laughs> it happens. You know, that happens. That happens. That happens. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, do I'm you have a number? Do, do you have a number in mind that's possible in the 400 hurdles? Like when, when the three of you, when Samba, Benjamin and, and Warholm are done with their careers, like you said, maybe a decade from now, how fast do you think the world record will will be? Oh, it's hard to tell. You know, it can be anything from forty six low um, to forty six seventy eight. You know, you never know. I remember hmm. actually some years ago when they was talking about, you know, say the world record in high jump, but it's still the same. You know, everything can happen. Yeah. It's it's in our sport everything can happen you know you have <laughs> you have injuries you have you know all things can happen so i just want to that's why i'm in it I, i'm in this game to see how good can i be and how good can you know the, the other people around me be because that is what we try to find out and that is the interesting about sport you know how far can we push the limits mm -hmm. so 
Speaking of speaking of records, I don't want to try to guess. Yeah. yeah that's well, the fine. so the yeah. women the the women's four hundred hurdles, you know, had the record broken twice last year, and it's a very competitive uh, back and forth between Sydney McLaughlin and yeah. Dalila Muhammad. What are your what are your thoughts on that? Have you had a chance at some of these meets to to watch those two go at it? Mm, I watched the final in Doha, uh, which was coolest race to watch. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I watched a lot of the races, uh, you know, uh, on on YouTube and whatever because I I watched a lot of a lot of track and field. Um, and uh, I love to see that, and and you know, to see those girls, you know, push limits. And also, I have you know my training mate, uh, my training friend Emily. She she runs the four meter hurdles as well for the women. So it's 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 cool to see how how they are pushing uh, the boundaries. And uh, and also, it's cool to see you know when when these two best girls are are almost on the same level. It's it's what I said. I love to watch the head-to-head and and the duels it's 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 the most exciting thing a lot of people in track and field say the 400 meter hurdles is the hardest event in all of track and field you competed (laughs) in your junior days as a decathlete so you have done all the events so your opinion really counts here what is the what is the hardest event in track and field in your opinion Decathlon is super, super tough. I must say, it's <laughs> really, answer. really tough. I remember uh, in 2015, I did decathlon and 400 meter double in in the European Junior Championships. That is the hardest thing I ever done because you know I had to r- run the 400 meter final before the 400 meter in the decathlon, and uh, <laughs> it's the worst physical thing that I ever did. You know, it's it was it was like torture but uh, it's hard to tell the 40 meter hurdles is worse than the 40 meter you know pain wise because you run longer with with the lactic acid and the one event that i haven't tried which i'm eager to try once is the 800 meter because you probably run even longer with with lactic acid so after i've run the 800 meter i'm ready to give you guys uh, an answer but right now i'm <laughs> I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. <clears throat> I think over here in the States, we'd love to see you race Donovan Brazier. We would be thrilled to see that. Maybe you guys could meet over 600 meters or as, a, as like a test run. Yeah, he would. He would probably beat me now, but uh, I would. I would love to to take on the challenge. Yes, I love the 600 meters. I, I've run that a lot when I was younger. And, uh, and I think that actually could be, yeah, decent, maybe. Mm-hmm. In your de- when your decathlon career was coming to an end, was there a specific moment, a specific competition where you were like, "I got to stop doing this. I got I I can't do ten events. I need to focus on one." Like, what what caused you to make that switch? So every time I threw a discus, a javelin, or jumped pole vault, I was like, I'm "So done with this," because I was really really <laughs> bad, and. For me, I won the World Youth Championships in Octathlon, which which was the the youth event before. It was eight events, so I didn't start to do discus or or uh, pole vault before I was like 
18 years old and that is way too late to start with those events so <laughs> i was really bad then and and they just like ruined my my decathlon so after that i was pretty much done and my coach convinced me to do the 400 meter hurdles and the rest is history <laughs> i see why you like him as a coach that was a good decision yeah i think it was absolutely <laughs> and you know coaches coaches are really important and uh and uh I think it's very smart to 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 listen to your coach sometimes because sometimes these old fossils they have some something good, some good knowledge to to bring to the table. <laughs> uh, before we let you go, Eugene in twenty fourteen was that the only time you've been to the United States? Yes, actually it, it is. Uh, I had a vacation in San Francisco and Los Angeles after that meet but yeah it's it's the only time i've been to to the states mm -hmm. i loved oregon it was it was a really cool place are you excited to go back for i guess it would be now the 20 2022 world championships eight years after your oh. your world junior championships oh yes i am and uh i watched the um the new stadium and it's really cool so i can't wait to run there it's a great stadium and i also remember it was a great atmosphere with really smart audience you know they they know their track and field in oregon so i can't wait to go back great well thank you so much for your your time carson we appreciate it and as we said uh thanks for giving us stuff to talk about in a otherwise pretty weird and slow year it was a it was a weekly highlight for us to check in on you and see see what you're doing the four meter hurdles uh have a restful off season and best of luck next year thank you guys and keep me good content to watch. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>